Hello and welcome to Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive of Behavioral Health for Providence, Oregon, and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. During today's episode, we're going to talk about a very common diagnosis, usually more common during the winter months than it is other times of year, but a very common diagnosis called seasonal affective disorder. Joining me for this discussion are Work To Be Well's National Student Advisory Council members from across the United States. I've got three of you here with me today. I'm super excited to get this conversation going, but I need to tell you that as a reminder, the information provided during this podcast is for educational purposes only. It's not intended, nor it is implied, to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Okay, let's get started by having each of you introduce yourself where you're from, and why do you want to talk about seasonal affective disorder today? Hi, my name is Revali Valerupali. I am a junior in Southern California, and I wanted to talk about seasonal affective disorder because I feel like as the seasons shift, mental health things change, and it's something that is just so... I guess it's just like an issue that I feel and that I know my friends feel. Hi, everyone. My name is Haley. I'm from Washington State, and I believe that seasonal affective disorder is something that we should talk about because I think it affects many people, many students, and also adults alike. And I also feel like many people don't really know what seasonal affective disorder is, so I believe that there should be more conversation around it. Hi, my name is Anjali, and I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I was interested in recording this topic because I actually was in the Seasonal Affective Disorder podcast last year, and it was my first Talk to Be Well ever. So I was excited to be able to do it again to see how I've grown and like how my perceptions of the topic may have changed or stayed the same. Oh, I love that. So we get a look back this time. I love that because, you know, People have a lot of assumptions about seasonal affective disorder. You know, I'm a, I'm a psychologist. I can lay out the diagnosis, but I'd really rather hear it in your words. What does seasonal affective disorder mean to you? What is it? And let's talk about it. To me, seasonal affective disorder, I feel like it's when your mood and kind of your motivation levels change according to the change in the seasons. For example, like people might feel less motivated and also more easily tired during the winter seasons when the days are a lot shorter and when like it's a lot more darker. And so people might lose their motivation a lot more easily and also get tired. And that's what seasonal affective disorder means to me. Yeah, I also like the idea that I know we mention a lot that it's like in the winter months, like everybody kind of gets a little bit more depressed because like less sunshine, like you're like mid school, (laughs) all the things, you know. Um, But it's really interesting to me that it can also be like midsummer, which is um, a thing because I know I have a friend and she is perfectly happy and just like dancing around in wintertime and then summer hits and then she gets all the anxiety and the feelings and I think it's really interesting how it can be like during both times. I also have noticed that um, especially when you said midsummer. Uh, for me this summer I realized it was like such a combination of like the highest highs but also like the lowest lows because you realize that you're not with everyone you're usually around with school and it's a little bit isolating so like when you have those really exciting moments 
they're super on top of the world but then like you kind of go back to like being with yourself so I noticed that in the summer but same with the winter I'm I'm someone who's like obsessed with like sunsets and sunrises so even like not like being able to go out at like 8 p.m and like chase the sunset now it's like at four o'clock and I realized that that's even affected my mood because I just I love the sunshine and I love like being outside I feel like it's something that differs from each person because some people might experience it during like the winter and some people might experience it during the fall or the summer or the spring. And I feel like it's kind of unique to each person, the symptoms and also how they kind of cope with it. So I think seasonal affective disorder isn't really just limited to a particular season. Hey, Lee, then how would you say it is unique to you? For me, I feel like I definitely experience it more during the summer because I do come from a country that's like summer all year long. So I'm kind of like low-key sick of the summer. So I'm a lot more happier during the winter. And I also love like cold weather, snow, rain, kind of funny. But I definitely experience it more during the summer because I hate sweating and I really hate it when it's hot. So that's how it's unique to me. How about you, probably? No, I, I agree. The winter time, let me just say this, the winter time is the best time, at least for me, because like the snow, like everything. Okay, I can't say anything because I live in Southern California. I was say, you're in Southern California. How's that work for you? I know. Listen outside right now. Come to PA. Literally, I'll just move to Pennsylvania. We can switch spots, Anjali, and you can have my sunshine and I can have your snow. <laughs> This is actually our first snow in like 700 plus days, but it's it's been a big one. Like so many things got canceled. There's snow plows all over the road. It's, rain, it's been snowing all day long. I have never experienced a snow day in my life, and I'm so sad oh. about it. Oh, snow days are the best. You know, I spent 15 years in a place called Bend, Oregon, which is right in the center of Oregon. And Bend, Oregon is one of those places that has probably the most sunshine of anywhere in Oregon. It's high desert climate. It can be brutally sunny outside and you have three feet of snow. It's amazing because it's a it's the Vale of Oregon. It is a ski resort town, but it also is just this incredibly beautiful, sunny, wonderful place, which makes it really interesting because I was looking uh, in advance of this. I was looking at some of the statistics around locations and people in Florida and probably Southern California have about a one point, you know, one, one and a half percent you know, load of people with seasonal who identify with seasonal affective disorder. The state with the most people with seasonal affective disorder, Alaska, which totally makes sense because it can, you know, it's so wildly dark or it's either all light all the time or it's all dark all the time. And it does that every year. And that's really hard on your circadian rhythm. I mean, mm -hmm. it's hard on your sleep cycle. It's, it's really hard to um, readjust and reevaluate and be able to have that reset to be able to sleep. Does your seasonal affective disorder impact your sleep? Yeah, I would say mine definitely does. Um, my, my sleep isn't the best, especially during the school year, but in the winter months, I feel like it's even worse. Um, I do competitive swimming, so we have morning practices like twice a week before school and then practice after school and then weight room like lifting and stuff. So like, for example, 
last night after swim practice it was like 7 p.m and i just crashed and then i like woke up at 5 a.m in a panic because i was like i have swim practice again like i need to i need to go um but we had practice this morning too and i i noticed that especially when it's like dark outside i like find myself taking really long naps or like oversleeping or like just staying up and like mindlessly scrolling just like I don't know why but usually I'm like outside all the time but like in these months I'm not so I've noticed that shift that's like the same for me during like winter I'm like tired at 8 p.m I just want to lay down and like just sleep but during the summer I kind of like stay up later just because I feel like it's a lot more cooler at night so it's easier for me to fall asleep when the weather is like low like the temperature is lower so I think that's how it's affected my like sleep sleep schedule sleep cycle I sleep a lot more earlier and wake up a lot more earlier during the winter but during the summer I sleep like a lot more later but I also wake up early because I'm like an early riser but that's just how it's affected my sleep cycle how about you Ravli? For me, okay, so I'm in psychology right now, right? So I recently learned, shout out to my psych teacher, love her. Um, I recently learned that you have like a sleep debt that you accumulate, right? So for like all of the sleep that I was just depriving myself of all year, right, pretty much, when I would just like pull all-nighters, like it just came crashing back down on me during winter break. So I have been asleeping. Honestly, it's not even that great. Like I've been sleeping, let's say 10 on a good day and midnight on a bad night. And then I wake up at like 10, 11. And for two weeks straight, I've been doing this. And I have like the wildest dreams that make zero sense because it, it I don't know, because I'm just like making up for all the sleep. So like, I get that sleep is kind of like when you do it a lot, you're like more depressed. But for me, the sleep has been like me making it up. And maybe that makes me a little bit more like groggy, like tired because I'm catching up on it. So I think that's also part of it. You know, I just have that break to completely reset. But I don't have enough time between the end of school and like joining school again to catch up on all of it. I'm also in psych right now. And we took a quiz during the sleep unit on like how <laughs> how quality, how much quality sleep do you get? And like mm-hmm. everyone in my class got called out because I think especially when it's the winter, like around final season or midterms, everyone is just completely um, unprioritized or, or like not focusing on their sleep just to like prioritize school. And I've really seen that like within my classmates and myself yeah have you guys ever just like fallen asleep with the lights on continuously (laughs) i've done it like a week straight and actually it's funny that you said the thing about dreams because i actually got a text from one of our other nsac members today will and he was telling me about the most wild intricate dream that he had last night and i was like (laughs) wow will this is wild he's like it's all the sleep (laughs) he's not wrong he's not wrong so, and, and dreams are such a, I mean, we could do an entire episode on dream analysis and that that might actually be fun. We'll get all of our budding young psych majors together and we can all talk about dream analysis. But sleep is such a huge factor in seasonal affective disorder because it, it how your body clock is responding and how your circadian rhythm works, that's part of seasonal affective disorder, that impact right in there. Um, if I had to make up for my sleep debt, I would probably need to sleep for the next two years. And then I might be able to wake up. I think there's some story about that, but 
no, I, I don't think that's going to happen for me. So, you know, when you think about seasonal affective disorder, and I know we talked a lot about time of year and light and things like that. What are other factors that you you see play into seasonal affective disorder? Anjali, you started to talk about that time during the summer when you realize that you're out of sync socially. Is that a thing? Yeah, I definitely have noticed that. But I've noticed, especially I'm a really social person. So being around people gives me a bunch of energy. So when I'm not around people, I get very tired. I get unmotivated. I get lonely. And so I've noticed that like when I, I like make sure I prioritize like my relationships with my friends and things, like even through FaceTime or whatever, just because I've noticed having something continuous of like having social interactions um, has really helped boost my mood and make me feel a lot better. Anjali, what's the latest you've stayed up talking to a friend? I'm totally calling you out here. Okay, it's bad because all of my friends, not all of them, but a lot of them, including Ravali and Haley, live on the uh, West Coast. So <laughs> there's three hours of, there, there's, we're in a three hour time difference. So I've, um, I do sometimes stay up a little bit too late talking to people. But I, I have gotten a lot better this break. I actually haven't stayed up talking to people like that late. So <laughs> I've been working on it, but it definitely I've noticed where I like kind of have to like balance like sleeping and like also like getting like my social like, I don't know, input for the day. So I definitely need to reflect on that a little bit more. <laughs> you know, there might be some enabling behavior from people on the West Coast. <laughs> just saying, man, just just a little bit. But. I get that whole East Coast, West Coast thing where uh, we're in a different time realm and that, you know, everything happens a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit earlier for us. Yeah, we joke because when we're recording this episode, it's like bright and sunny for me and then it's like dark and snowy for her. <laughs> and it's like completely just opposite. Yeah. And Haley and I are stuck in the rain, right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right in the middle of it. You know, when I think about seasonal affective disorder, there's a lot of things people do to cope. Um, we know that light boxes, light therapy, light is a big deal. Uh, what are some other coping mechanisms you guys use in dealing with seasonal affective disorder yourselves? For me, since I experienced like seasonal affective disorder during the summer, what I like to do is like just close all my curtains and like block off every amount of light I possibly can and then I turn on like my little table lamp so that it's slightly bright because no matter like how like bright or dark it is I only turn on my table lamp and not like my lights like up there and like it's it helps me just cope with it a little better because I feel a lot more comfortable and I also it just my room just feels a lot more cozy because there's not like a lot of light just cut coming in and reminding me of how long the day is and yeah that's just how I've been coping with like my seasonal affective disorder when you said that you actually lit a light bulb in my head Dr. Robin because I didn't realize this until right now but I still like I'm like slowly getting better from my concussion and I have like really bad light sensitivity with like my vision and stuff even like right now in this room it's like really bright but like when I go to vision therapy, like we use like light boxes and stuff, but I have to like use sunglasses to like do like do all the exercises because it's a lot for for me. But 
I've noticed that that's definitely even affected my mood because I can't like handle the same amount of light that I'm like used to in the summer or whatever, but it's even like worse now. So I, I didn't think of that until right now, but I've definitely noticed that. Interesting. You know, it's, it's so hard, you know, everybody's got a little bit different way that, that they respond. And it's interesting that, that the response to light for you, Anjali is, is so for, for both of you, it's just so, I don't want to say atypical, but it's, it's so kind of different than what we think of traditionally, where you're talking about seasonal affective disorder being treated with that exposure to sunshine. But it, it really is a continuum of different experiences for different people. And Ravali, you're down there in Southern California, where it's sunny mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. What are some of your coping strategies? You know... I don't know. For me, seasonal depression, like, yes, in wintertime, when I look out my room and it's 5 p.m. and it's dark, I, like, do feel, like, a bit more sober and, like, just, like, all the, like, fancy words and that we learned in English about being sad. But I don't know. Like, other than that, there's not a huge weather shift for me because it's Southern California and everything's the same here. But <laughs> I do, like... In terms of, wait, the question was about coping, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but in terms of coping with the seasonal depression, I think, honestly, Anjali and I, like, on the same, same wavelength right there. I think just, like, the talking, yeah, we wave, um, talking with the friends, doing all the, like, things like that. Um, I've also stayed up unhealthy hours talking to friends. But honestly, I think that that is the best way for me because I feel like I'm a pretty social person. So I feel like going out on spontaneous drives with my friends and like blasting karaoke in the car, like even when it is dark, I think that completely, I think that that in itself is a beauty. So I don't think for me, the light and dark is a whole thing because I think there's beauty to both. It's just like how you mentally set yourself up for it. You know, I don't know. What do you guys think? about the mental space. I definitely agree with what you said. Like, I think it's def uh, like a balance, but like for me, like summer's my favorite time of year. So like, I'll even see, like I, it's like my phone's listening to like what I'm thinking because I'll even see videos about like the countdown until summer or like all these, my friends even, like, I, I don't know if it's a thing where you are, where it's all sunny, but my friends like post like an, in honor of summer post or like wishing it was summer. So let me post these flashbacks <laughs> and everyone's at the beach enjoying their time. And then we look outside and it's freezing. Um, but I've, I've definitely noticed that, or even like my grandparents and my mom, they, my mom is originally from Minnesota and my grandparents live there now. And they're, they're in like October or September and they're already having like a foot of snow. And I noticed that that affects them because here it'll still be like, 70 degrees and sunny and they're already feeling like the winter come upon them dr robin what do you think about the mental space impact you know I, I think a lot about about how i psych myself up or how you psych yourself up and keep yourself motivated to to act with intention um there's a lot that we have to do intentionally if you know you have seasonal affective disorder then you've got to wrap your brain around what is it that I'm going to do intentionally to combat this so I don't get sunk into the hole, right? And so what are the things that I'm going to, I'm going to 
maybe I'm going to exercise more. Maybe I'm going to make sure that I'm going out with my friends. Maybe I'm going to make sure that I'm not isolating and, and just, you know, burying myself in blankets and trying to make the world go away. It, it really is figuring out what keeps me motivated and what's going to keep me acting with intention so that I can still remain engaged. Because part of what happens with seasonal affective disorder is it becomes like a spiral. And if you let yourself get into it and you let yourself get sucked in, then it gets harder and harder and harder to get yourself out of it. And I'm really curious, how do you keep yourself from spiraling when you're going through seasonal affective disorder, when you're having those times? Or do you just go with the spiral? For me, I like to write down stuff that I like to do, stuff that like I tend to forget that I enjoy doing when I'm experiencing seasonal affective disorder. And just writing them down and reminding myself of the stuff I like to do just helps to remind myself of things that I can do to motivate myself again and also prevent me from spiraling down into something that's even something that might be worse and so because I like to write a lot reading over what I wrote just helps me to encourage myself and also motivate me to like continue doing what I love so that I don't feel as unmotivated or like um tired during the times where I feel like I'm experiencing seasonal affective disorder. So that's how I've tried to cope with that and how I try to prevent myself from spiraling down that that hole. You know, it's interesting because in, in another episode that, that we uh, did recently, somebody was talking about bullet journaling, yeah. uh, using bullet journaling. I'm wondering if that, what do you think of that idea? I literally have like a bullet journal right next to me right now. And I was just working on it like right before the podcast. And I really love bullet journaling. I think it helps. It's like, you know, when you use like regular planners, they have all like the monthly spreads and the weekly spreads and all you do is like fill it in. For me, I like to have like the creativity to like plan, like design it how I want. And that's actually one of the things that I've been doing to help me cope with my seasonal affective disorder. Just like sitting down and writing down everything I like to do, like a habit tracker or like a hobby tracker. And because I need to have like stuff checked out, I can't go a day without having it checked out. So even if I'm feeling like unmotivated or like tired, I still have to do it. And it just helps me like regain my like momentum and also like my motivation to do everything. And that's really how I've been trying to like cope with everything that I'm experiencing during the summer in particular. Props to you, Haley, because bullet journaling is so impressive. I, I don't know how you do it. It's like uh, the most basic thing. It's not like those that you see on social media where it's like, what is it? What do you call it? Like cursive? Like letter? Oh, like, yes. When they just write it. Sticker right, like, right over there on the side and just today, what I'm going to do. Like, I can't really, I'm not artistic. So, like, I can't do whatever it looks like social media influencers do. But, it works for me, so I, I'll take yeah, it. that's great. I've definitely, what I've noticed is sometimes I find myself, like, neglecting my planner, which is not good. I need to, because sometimes I'm like, I don't want to re- be reminded of all the things I have to do. But I think, especially with, like, New Year's around, like, when everyone's settle- setting these new resolutions and, like, things like that, I think it can be a little bit intimidating, especially if we're talking about that spiral, because I think sometimes your initial reaction can kind of cause like that domino effect where your reactions now making you feel worse and then it just keeps going so I was like I'm not gonna do new year's resolutions this year because I like 
kind of they make me more unmotivated especially if i don't mm -hmm. like tweet them so i did like what was trending on social media recently like new year's ins and outs and like things that you want to keep in your life and things you want to keep out like habits mm -hmm. whatever and i found that to be a lot less intimidating um but especially like making sure like for example my screen time i notice it gets really bad in the winter so like i didn't want to get like a screen time blocking app because i like i always go around those <laughs> so this time i have this really cool app i think it's called like one second or one sec app and um it's really cool because it like makes you take a breath before like a deep breath before you open a specific app so like for me if it's like TikTok. I like have to take a deep breath and I notice that that makes me like not want to do it anymore. <laughs> so then I just swipe off. <laughs> so it's it's been working for me. I mean, I know it's like only like the first week of the new year, so I'll keep you updated. <laughs> but um, I've noticed like even little habit changes like that have helped me. No, that's, that's, you know what? The fact that you're, you've kept up with it for a week, literally pop off girl. Like that's amazing right I there. I was talking to you the day that I downloaded it. Oh, that's funny. No, I remember that we were talking and you said that you downloaded this app and you said, it's been going pretty great so far. And then you said, I mean, it's the first day. <laughs> I told you, honestly, talk to me after like a week and here we are. So good job, girl. <laughs> you made you know, it this I'm still reflecting on the fact that the favorite New Year's resolution I've heard all year long so far is the woman on Instagram whose goal it is to pet 100 cats. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's not the same cat 100 times, it's 100 different cats. Interesting. That's, That's actually so cool resolution. My, I kind of, maybe, maybe next year for me. <laughs> my camera bowl has been filled with so many cats recently like this one from today uh oh we can't even see it it's a cat in the bathtub um but I even noticed that like with my friends I'll send them like a cute animal picture every day and I think that boosts pretty much everyone's mood so um little things like that I've really come to appreciate even like I do like the one second every day thing where I have a picture every day for my like year and even like a little thing like that, I can like look back on. So I just finished the 2023 one and those moments, like I was like, oh, I forgot about that. And I was so like joyful then. And even looking at summer made me miss summer even more, but like little acts of gratitude like that. I feel like that can be like linked back to like seasonal affective disorder, because like if you know of like friends who might be a lot more unmotivated or like Saturday during the winter or the summer or any season, I feel like it's really great to just send them something that you know will cheer them up and also like motivate them. And I think that's a really good idea. And I will definitely like do that with myself and also with my friends. Mm -hmm. I really like the idea of like having kind of sort of like an accountability buddy um, is how I'll word it. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just think that it's a really easy way of just like being there for someone and then you have someone there for you and then you're just helping each other improve and i get that honestly like full respect to all the people who are like no i prefer being alone but for me like i think my cup of tea is definitely when i have somebody else you know maybe i'm just like sending them a picture of like hey i just did this and they're like oh good job and then i feel so great you know 
Um, and then like just like tiny things like that, like honestly, like the thing with the cats, like send me some cats, girl. Like I'd love to see a cat. Personally, I'm more of a dog girly, so maybe throw a couple of those in there. <laughs> but um, but well, yeah, if, I guess if you're into dogs, you have to check out my friend's Instagram, Life with Mastiffs. Uh, cause she's got four or five mastiffs at any given time. You know what a mastiff is, right? Those big, huge dogs. Oh yeah. They're, they're huge. And she's got like four or five of them at any given time. <laughs> Life with mastiffs, check it out on Instagram. It's one of my favorite things because she posts pictures every single day of those mastiffs and their antics. They're the best. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's I have to probably that even reminded me of like when one day we called and we were like we're gonna clean together and so probably <laughs> bathroom and I was cleaning a like a drunk junk drawer in my room and even that has has really helped me and even like um Jeff and Will um from the NSAC we have a group chat called animal real fanatics and we send each other <laughs> animal instagram reels like every single day because we're all addicted to cute animals um so we can definitely add you guys into that group chat um Haley will make sure to send you some panda videos <laughs> that would be like the best thing ever oh panda videos are the best that was the highlight of my summer last year was being able to go to dc and see the pandas one more time before they left the pandas are gone now but Oh, gotta love the pandemonium. Oh, my stars. We have worked our way through our time today talking about seasonal affective disorder, animal videos. Again, check out <laughs> Life with Mastiffs, people. And uh, I just want to thank you all for being so open and so sharing about your own experiences with seasonal affective disorder, the tips and tricks that you have for how you cope with it, and bringing that levity to the situation and reminding everybody Thank you, Reveille, for reminding all of us that having an accountability buddy is the best thing ever. That's the way that we can really, really make some progress is tell people what your goals are, get them engaged, and support each other. Be kind, be grateful, be thankful. And I want to thank you for joining me today on Talk To Be Well and sharing all of your personal insights. Please remember you're never alone in a diagnosis. And if you are looking for support with your mental health, Check us out and all the great work that the National Student Advisory Council does on worktobewell.org. That's work, the number two, bewell.org. This is Talk To Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. Be well, everybody.